Cat Williams, instead of writing a letter to Santa Claus about his wishes, he decided to take like the Arya Stark approach and write a list of people he was coming for. And he came for every single one. White Walkers are dead. He killed everybody. Done. That's he wrote he, he wrote his list. He checked it twice. He let us know who's naughty and nice. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Justin. Grab your coffee and let's spill some tea. You are listening to Perspectives of Pop Culture. pop stars and welcome back to episode 48 of perspectives of pop culture the espresso has been pulled the milk has been frothed and we are here to spill some tea i'm Lindsay. this is justin and i have a very serious confession to make well my child let's hear your confession how long has it been since your last confession (laughs) my last confession has been probably three weeks since we've live recorded an episode and my confession today that i want to bring to you all is i'm now a stanley girly And I want you to know that this decision did not come lightly to me. And there's many a reason that the Stanley girlies are correct. And here I am to name a few. Please enlighten us. First of all, I just want to like clear up any shame that any of you may be feeling with carrying around a Stanley cup. I see the memes. I see the TikToks. And we do look a little crazy walking around with a big ass water bottle like this. but. There's reasonings. I was scared to to purchase a Stanley water bottle, and I didn't purchase it. My mom mom gifted it to me for Christmas. Thank you, mom. She wants me to be a hydrated queen, and I needed it, and I asked for it directly. And there's just, like, a really big stigma around Stanley water bottles, and mostly it's that, like, we don't want to be grouped in with, like, the basic white girl Midwest influencers. Mm -hmm. And I am a basic white girl. I'm not from the Midwest, but Bakersfield basically is the Midwest, and – they're correct. Like those girlies are correct with their their purchase and their their um hype around this water bottle. So Jackie actually brought up the other day like the whole Stanley craze and she's like wasn't this or hasn't this brand been around for like a long time and I was like yeah like I actually watched this whole I think it was a YouTuber might have been on social media that Stanley actually has been around forever it was like your thermos that you brought to the construction site. And then they released these water bottles a while back and this blog talked about them on their like website and they got Stanley to re-release them because they were like sold out and they got Stanley to re-release them in colors that were more appealing to women. And then that started the craze. And then it like sold like hotcakes. Then of course, like the Utah influencer mommies got into it. And you know, then the viral like par flame video happened. And yes. Now here we are. All, look, I I can't stand Stanley Cups just because yes, it does just give Midwest white girl to me. But I will say, I I, I will say, the practicality of it, I understand it because let me, me explain. With, me with my Hydro Flask, I have to unscrew the cap and then put the cap oh, back on. It's just no, I cannot be bothered with unscrewing caps. There are a few functions of the Stanley that um are so pertinent to every girlie's lifestyle. And if you're not a Stanley girl right now, I'm going to make you a Stanley girl by the end of my spiel. One, this handle 
No longer are the days of me with my big-ass claw hand trying to carry around my big water bottle without a nice handle. This handle, I can hold it like this. I can hold it like this. I can hold it with one finger while I carry in all my groceries because, you know, hot girls only do one one um, trip from the car to the, to the house. Okay. Like, it is the handle. Chef's kiss, magnificent. Two, the straw, as you pointed out. I drink so much more water when it comes through a straw than me having to unscrew a lid and like dump it essentially on my face. I don't know if anyone else has this problem. And here's another confession coming right at you. When I try to like sip on something, it just like falls all over me. Gonzo can attest. I always have coffee, wine, my brand new white, we wore what t-shirt that I waited for in the mail for weeks and weeks and weeks. First outing, I take a sip of red wine all the way down me. Like the straw is crucial to just like my daily use activities. And third and foremost is the fact that it fits into every single cup holder that I have tried it. This, it's like they knew what's the standard dimension for a car cup holder. It's not like and they Stanley knew. They did that no, exactly. It's like, why is Stanley the only brand that had like this practicality instinct to be like, we should measure the standard average cup holder and make sure that our water bottles fit that. I, I will say that is like my biggest gripe with the Hydro Flask. I'm the millennial still stuck in, you know, the 2000s with my sticker covered um, Hydro Flask. I will admit and yeah. attest to that. I think if we're going to give, you know, the white girl shit for the Stanley cups, we got to give all the weightlifters shit. For like the big gallon jugs that they walk around with because they think they're cooler than everybody 100%. else. Hundred percent. Like, let's talk about that. Like, first of all, you don't like that's not practical carrying that big ass thing around. Okay, it's not practical. <laughs> they don't have a good handle on that. No, they don't. And especially like when you're reusing the bottle that you brought it in, bought it in from the store. Like, no. Also, those men are probably mostly single because that water bottle takes up the entire passenger seat of a car, therefore leading no room for a lady absolute facts that nobody ever thought of you know where that water bottle is sitting it is sitting in the passenger seat aka yes, you have no passenger princess with you yes the gym bros passenger princess is actually those gallon water bottles you heard it here first damn expose all first. of you guys i want you to go up to every gym bro who has a big gallon sized water bottle and ask him hey are you single and no, i'm gonna him say where, ask him where does your water bottle sit when you're in the car because that'll give you the answer Oh, that's the new Roman Empire. Where is your water bottle sitting in the car? And that will tell you more about a man than anything you else you can imagine. Oh, my God. Damn. We're coming for heads. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Lindsay and I had a 2024 pop like They don't know, Justin. They, oh, they, they don't know. know. Oh, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, I posted it on yeah. my pro personal profile, but we had a meeting. And you guys, we're coming, we're coming out and we're coming strong. We're coming swinging. Yeah, like, gone are the days of me trying to be nice to everyone with every word that I say. It hasn't gotten me very far. But the one time I came for anyone's necks, I went viral. So maybe I should go for more necks. No neck is safe. We're coming for everybody. <laughs> no neck is safe. You know what? Um, that actually brings me to a great point. Gonzo calls me black neck. And this is kind of embarrassing. And this is me being vulnerable. So no one come for me. But Gonzo calls me black neck because all of the jewelry I wear, um, all my costume jewelry, is not real so it rubs off on my neck you know like similar like when you're wearing a fake ring and your finger gets blue yeah um my neck gets yeah. like that so obviously that's disgusting and who knows how long really i was walking disgusting. around like that before gonzo like and the only reason 
he's like no one ever else has said that to me how come only gonzo's pointed out my black neck if you're my friend if you see my black neck and you haven't told me we're fighting we're fighting right now also i just want to point out that okay sorry go ahead no go ahead i just want to point out i'm gonna be a little feisty because it is the first day of my period spoiler alert i'm a girl i get a period every month and i'm feeling bitchy today i feel that energy because you really haven't stopped since we like turned on the record button so you've been like fiery and that totally makes sense because you know jackie's also around that time of month and you guys have locked in on each other even thousands of miles away which i don't understand yeah that's that's a really fun fact about girlies is that you can just lock it in spend one like long weekend with someone you're now locked into their cycle and it is so annoying like this weekend i was with um b and she was on hers so then of course i started like four days early just because I was locked into hers. So annoying. I could have had four more days of peace and serenity. But here I am dealing with it early, throwing off my whole thing. No, it's good. You know, you're using that energy. There's been like this kind of TikTok trend or viral trend with like the fitness community showing like the difference between men and women working out. And the fact that like, you know, women are, are people trying to push women to work out at the same energy level that men do all the time. And it's like, no, their energy level ebbs and flows with their cycle. Like one minute they have high energy, the next week they're like very low energy. And it's like basing your workouts based on your cycle. And I thought cycle. that was really great. Like how are we just it's now cycle syncing. discovering like, why is this a new thing? Shouldn't be. Um, it, it came around probably in like 2020 girly started talking about cycle syncing and mm-hmm. as I have personally not tried it because um, I'm lazy and I'm not very good about like really tracking each phase of my cycle because I'd Mm -hmm. rather live in bliss and then all of a sudden one day like a truck comes and hits me when I get my period. I don't want to like be waiting for it and be like the whole week before being like, oh. I have a a question. You just mentioned you like to be in bliss and not think about it and then wait for the truck to hit you. Is that like a normal way to go about it of just like kind of forgetting you even have one? And then all the like hormones and emotions hit you and you're like, oh my God, where did this come from? Oh, wait. It's a defense mechanism. Got it. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism of a woman. Like we always act surprised that we got it. We're like, oh my God, Uh I got my period. And it's like, because we have to, we have to black out the pain each month so that we continue to live. Thank you for clarifying. I just, that was just a general question that I'm sure a lot of men have had and it has been answered here. So we appreciate you for being vulnerable with us. And answering yeah, that for question a few for male listeners, that's the T. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um. Anyways, how was your weekend, Justin? Um, I was working all weekend. Uh, the one thing I did do this weekend was go to a seven-year-old's birthday party. Which? Do you want was... to say it again? I'll give you the platform. Say what again? I still don't have baby fever. No, that's not that's not what I was gonna say. Look, why do you think I'm gonna go there? First of all, that's where you go cute. every time, database. No, no, no. The kids were cute, all right? They know I they didn't give me baby fever, but I will say I wanna put a PSA out to the common children's game of pinatas. They gotta go. No, I love a pinata. I lived for a pinata at a party. Sitting there as like the ER professional, there is like a million ways somebody's going to wind up in the ER when a pinata is being swung at. First of all, kids have no concept of like safety and they inch closer and closer. And so I'm sitting there trying to block them away. But meanwhile, while I'm trying to keep kids back, I am in the line of fire. And let's be real, kids got sticky, slippery 
wet hands all the time. The amount of times these kids would swing the stick around and I literally saw my life flash before my eyes because it would start to slip out of their hands, multiple. I, I almost wound up in ER on my own. And this is just me saying that, you know, I don't know how I feel about pinatas because. Of the safety uh, hazards. It's a safety okay. hazard. I, I, I hear your concern. And I mm -hmm. agree with you that there are some safety hazards surrounding pinatas. However, as a child, especially seven years old, there is no better flex on the recess playground than to be the person that broke the pinata at the birthday party that weekend. Okay. And that child deserves their superstar su success and moment on the playground the next the Monday following the birthday party. I feel like you're speaking from personal experience of you one year breaking the pinata and going to school like you're a badass. Here's the thing. Or I don't ever never... remember like being the person that broke the pinata and maybe that's where it's coming from. Like I'm, I'm upset that no one gave me that chance mm -hmm. and maybe like I broke the pinata at my own birthday party, which by the way, that's another controversial topic. I'm pretty sure that the birthday girl or boy is supposed to be the one that breaks the pinata. And if my child tries to break a pinata, someone else's pinata, it will be like, I will be embarrassed like as a so, mom and, and apologize to the other kid's mom. So what do you mean? You're going to just tell your kid like, oh, just go tap it a little bit, but don't break it. You're going to no, tell I like a five-year-old this? No, no. I think what um, we need to teach our children is like everyone has their moment mm -hmm. and birthdays, other people's birthdays are not your moment. And we should make sure that that kid on their birthday gets the moment and feels so special and amazing. And we will... Our job as a birthday party attendee is to make sure that the birthday boy or girl is the rock star of the party. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I kind of like it's kind of teaching, you know, taking turns and honoring people on their birthday and making them feel like, you know, they are the center of attention because a lot of people go most of their lives without feeling that way. So, you know what? You're so right. This is the I love day. Every, everyone is... gets one day where they're yeah. the rock star and it's everyone else's job to make them feel as such. I'm not mad at that. My other Parenting my other takeaway from two people without children. My other takeaway <laughs> is when did we switch or when did kids switch from drinking water to drinking sparkling water? I shit you not. All of these kids were pounding sparkling water. First of all, that doesn't like back up and regurgitate. Like I can't drink sparkling water that fast because, you know, I get, you know, the Bee Gees. These oh kids were pounding it like it was Kool-Aid. I was so confused. Justin, you're so correct. Imagine chugging a sparkling water can and then jumping in a bouncy house. Yes. They, these, exactly, the they were running around. <laughs> they were like, they would run were back the to the- burping incessantly at this birthday would, party? They would run to the like table. They would pound like half of their LaCroix and then they run back to the playground. And I'm just like, what is happening right now? These are children of millennials. Absolutely. 100%. And they're not wrong. Okay, when I when I had my favorite nanny job for Harper and Landon, who were my flower girl and ring bearer, Harper yeah. only drank sparkling water. And that was really my first introduction into sparkling water was working for that family. Mm -hmm. And um, her mom later became one of my closest friends. And she now blames me that Harper still only drinks sparkling water because I liked it. So I realized – 
like this kid was asking for sparkling water. I was like, what is the hype? Like, I'm going to drink sparkling water. Then I realized, wow, it's so much more fun than regular water. Like, if you give a child, like, here, do you want this fizzy fruit flavored water? Or do you want this flat, maybe cold water? Um, fizzy and fruit flavored, please. Like, they're not wrong. And oh, that just brings me to one of my favorite Christmas presents. What'd you get? A soda stream? I got a soda stream. Oh, wait, I was joking. You're serious? I'm being so serious because I'm saving the planet because I'm not drinking so many cans. Oh, look at you. You're like a regular Greta Gerwig. Uh, Greta Gerwig is the woman that film or directed barbie oh what's the girl the little girl who like sailed around the world <laughs> greta thunberg or something okay in my defense, <laughs> around the world. greta gerwig and greta thunberg went on a sailboat around the world greta gerwig wrote barbie and greta thunberg ended world hunger like the two of them the two gretas if you want your daughter to be a superstar name her greta absolutely i got the first name right anyway go <laughs> Okay, well, I got a soda stream and I've been making my own sparkling water and I've been saving the earth without my can disruption because I don't know if you guys know this, but Hawaii actually has like the worst recycling system in yeah. the US. I I presume, I don't know, I'm assuming because I'm coming from California where it was like under lock and key and this one's just like shit. And when you're, and as I said this before, when you're on an island, you really do start to understand how much waste you produce because you're like, where is this going? Like, it's hard to ignore. Like I, in California, I was like, well, I'm like less than 0.001% of the problem. So like me changing anything's not going to, no, like on this island, like I am 1% of this problem and I need to make sure that I'm like doing my part. So I got the soda stream and it actually changed my life. I can now have sparkling water all the time free of free of charge and i can put in fresh flavored like i can get lemons or limes or grapefruits or oranges from my local little fruit stand and squeeze Uh the juice in so what um does it use like a canister for like injecting it with carbon dioxide it uses a co2 tank and my mom gifted it to my brother and i and it she got us like two co2 tanks each but i couldn't fly on a plane with the co2 tank yeah no Oh, my brother actually won the lottery of CO2 tanks this Christmas and got Gonzo and I's as well. And when I got home, thankfully, Target sells them. And I got mine from Target. And it's just been such a treat, such a pleasure, such a divine intervention into our household. So I'm, I have multiple questions. First of all, what brand did you get? Because, you know, you know, if somebody wants to try. It's called Okay. There's other brands. I didn't know that. My bad. Is there? Jesus. Yes. I'm going to need you to. You I'm like, you just said the brand to me. Like a notch. <laughs> all right. Okay. Second question is, how did you bring all of this shit back to Hawaii? Because I remember when you came to stay with us, you guys had like multiple bags. And now you're talking about you carried a soda stream all the way back with you. Like, I'm confused. We are international travelers. We get it. We know mm-hmm. how to pack. We use the vacuum seal bags for our sweaters to make our clothes flat so we can stack them all up on each other. We each had a carry-on and we each had a um, checked bag Mm -hmm. is really the answer. But you know what was really annoying but also a great gift and thank you so much? We get to Justin and Jackie's house. We already have no room in our suitcases, like literally at all. Like we're dying packing everything in. Justin and Jackie give us two huge boxes. Yeah, those weren't pack friendly at one, all. 
not suitcase friendly at all. One, but one was the best present I've ever received. And you guys will know what it is probably next week because Justin and I didn't have time to figure it out for today. And then the other one was a caraway pan. Oh, you guys, the caraway pan makes every other pan shit look like shit. Fuck your our place plan. Oh, Turn, go don't bring even get your me started on our place. <laughs> bring your art place plan to Goodwill and go get a caraway. Shittiest pan on the planet. Shittiest pan on the planet. I the caraway. I've literally pushed care. I'm like a fucking caraway drug pusher right now because I you like are. I shit you not. Two hours ago, I was talking to my other buddy. He like hit me up. He's like, "Hey, what were those pans you were talking about the other day?" I'm like, "Oh, bet they got a sale right now. Let me get, let me send you the link. Let me send you the link. <laughs> you need to put them on your like to know it, Justin." Fuck yes, but you I'm need not. Did you like a kitchen section? Because I'm not like a. I do have some cooking videos, but I'm trying to like really like narrow down my niche before I branch back out. And I don't want to, you know. I mean, I do push a lot of caraway. They're the fucking. The I'm, I'm just gonna let you know, all the fashion influencer girlies all work with caraway. So really, are you a fashion influencer if you don't work with caraway? Touche. Absolutely. Touche. Well, this weekend I went on a hike, the first hike of 2024, and um, it was the muddiest hike of my lifetime. It, we were slipping and sliding, and to make matters worse, first of all, my it's my first hike, right? Like I'm also so out of shape from the holidays, but it's like a really easy hike. Gonzo and I have done this hike one trillion times. It's not a big deal. We go in the morning. We're thinking like, oh, we're going to just like run up, run down. It mm-hmm. was so muddy. I'm slipping and sliding. Not even five minutes into this hike, the sole of my tennis shoe heals off. Time out. Rewind. Pause. Didn't this also happen in Europe? I'm confused what shoes are you wearing. Honestly, the shoe, I must have like bad shoe karma. I don't understand. Um, I'm so confused as well. I was wearing Nikes or no, they were Adidas. I was wearing my Adidas like little trainers uh-huh. and to make matters worse, they were white. Why did I wear white shoes on a muddy hike? LOL, Linz, duh, no. But it matched my outfit better to wear white than black. And sometimes you got to go style over function. And I haven't worn these shoes in a while. You ask me why didn't people or why do people not invite you on hikes because they think that you care more about your outfit. You literally just explained right there the fact that you wore white shoes because it matched your outfit more than like more practical shoes. That's probably why you don't get invited. Just FYI. Well, I can just an FYI to everyone else. I can wear cute outfits and hike. It's possible to do both. Aren't you just an every every type girl? <laughs> I'm trying to be, and I'm trying to just like be outside more than inside this year. I feel like last year I was inside a lot and you know what? I'm tired of being inside. Okay. So I'm, I'm hiking in 2024 and I'm five minutes into this muddy ass hike and my soul gets stuck into the mud and I go to like pull my foot out and my soul stays. So then Gonzo and I had to rip the rest of the soul off and hang it on like a little brick. It's full of mud. It's like a muddy sole. And it had like little holes. I don't know why. Don't ask. I didn't, I didn't look. And then I had to hang it on like a branch so I can come back to it because I can't walk the rest of the hike. I'm five minutes into the hike. I can't hold a muddy sole the whole hike long. So we have to hang it on a branch to like dry. And now I'm going uphill, muddy uphill when with one of my shoes without a sole on them, without traction. I'm confused why you didn't just turn around and go back home. 
Um, because I'm a woman and women, we prevail. Okay. And that's that on that. And I did the hike and it was stunning. And I posted, and yes, I did post my muddy photo on Instagram stories just so you guys can know that I do hike and I enjoy it and I like to get messy. I would have just recommended you turn around, but you know, you do you. You walk with no soul uphill. All right. Should we get into our trends? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, you first. Okay, so my, so I feel like, you know, we spent the last, I want to say better part of like five to 10 years, devoiding ourselves of color in our homes. You know, everybody wants the neutral this, the beige that, the cream this, the cream that. And I think we all got bored as shit. This reminds me of when I tried to do a capsule closet during the pandemic. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do t-shirts and jeans, basic tees all day long. That's all I'm going to do. Literally, my heart and soul was like, absolutely not. Um, you need Your color. soul kind of dies. It, it, uh, absolutely. So we are now finding that renaissance with our oh. homes. <laughs> We're finding that with our homes. And so uh, what I've been seeing a lot of is people trying to add more personality and color back into their homes and adding essentially statement pieces for your house. And so Jackie and I are trying to do a little bit of redecorating. We don't want to necessarily get rid of our like neutral things. Jackie put it no. best. So shout out to Jackie. She says, you want a neutral like palette, like base or background base. and then add color to that. So don't get rid of like your neutral couch necessarily or your neutral bedding, oh, no. but add color pillows or a funky lamp, some pictures on the wall. Like I'm not coloring a wall green. Like as much as I love green, we're not doing crazy shit like that. But what about, I think wallpaper is in. Wallpaper is in. Oh, I am supposed to be using wallpaper. 100% wallpaper is in. I don't know if you've ever put wallpaper up before, but I would wish that not on my worst yes. enemies. I have put wallpaper up it actually. Is horrible. And you know what? Let me tell you, not the best experience and not the best use of my time. Absolutely. I'll just deal with a bare wall. Like, it's not worth it. Yeah, but <sighs> Allie's nursery cute. is all wallpaper, of like every it single is. wall. And let me just tell you, like, I thought mm, that's going to be a lot. I didn't trust the vision. And then I walked in physically to that room and I was like, who put oh. the wallpaper up? That's a great question. I didn't ask because I was too, like, trans I was transcended by her design of the room <laughs> that I, like, couldn't even, like, use words. But yeah. it was stunning all around. And then when I got home, I was like, all of my walls are so boring. I also agree that I also feel my our walls are boring. Hence why I'm like, I'm trying to, we're trying to reconfigure our, like my recording room of like, oh, I need like a DJ recording corner with some stuff behind me. I'm trying to pizzazz the wall up behind totally. our, like, us recording. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're just trying to add color everywhere. So that's my trend is adding color, adding some personality back into things and injecting it back and stopping with everything looking like beige neutrals and devoid of color. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree with Jackie that there needs to be a neutral base. Yeah. And then adding in funky elements that speak to your personal design and style. For example, I'm really over white kitchens and I am obsessing over like forest green cabinetry and Ooh, like yes. cool tiles and whatnot in your kitchen. Like I, they're like 
simple white kitchen with white granite is really annoying me now. Like when I see, I'm not annoying me, but I'm not mm-hmm. inspired or like, wow, this looks so beautiful anymore. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. was maybe back in like 2019. And now I'm more like, oh, you know whose kitchen comes to mind is Kendall Jenner's. If you ever watched her like Architectural Digest, like little videos or saw her spread, she has a really beautiful green kitchen. And yep. Honestly, that makes so much more sense. Like our kitchen should be colorful. Like those are the messiest room in the house. Like you're getting food and stuff all over it. You guys, we need to have some color. Also, something that I learned from Allie, if you guys don't know, Allie's an interior design girly. Um, she works with really cool interior designers. And when I was at her house, I was really worried about putting down like my cups on her like nice furniture. And she was like, no, uh-huh. I like that. Like I like the patina. I like being able to see the story that's left behind from like hosting parties like having people over like living my life like she's not worried about like her floors getting scratched or like me leaving a ring on her table or like anything of that sort because she's like that tells a story and it like brings warmth to the home and i was like wow that's beautiful I love that kind of because usually when you have that person who has like an all-white house or close to all-white house they're like anal retentive about putting a coaster on everything and taking off your shoes and doing all this. And I kind of like that idea of like it telling a story of, you know, your life and the experiences. Your life, the people that were there, the moments that you shared. It was a very sweet way that she described it. And I was like, Oh my God. So Allie, if you want me to, I can come over and spill red wine all over your couch and it'll be a great story for you to tell. I don't think that that's what she meant. Justin? Let's let Allie determine that. Allie, I'm coming over and I'm just going to spill red wine on your couch. Just a little she bit, not a, a lot. Couch. Whatever. You wouldn't I'll even sp- see it, I don't think. Uh, well, I'll find something white and, you know, spill something. And spill it. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can, while you're testing that theory, I'll talk about my trend. And my trend definitely goes along with yours um, as far as like more personality, bringing more color in. And what we've been seeing on TikTok is everyone talking about it. 2024 is the supposedly supposed to be the new 2014. And let me just take you in a time machine back to 2014. We're on Tumblr. We have the smudged eyeliner. We're stacking our jewelry. Like we're wearing so much jewelry for no reason. Like we're janking, planking everywhere we go. We are mixing metals. We're wearing like lots of layers. And someone that's actually been doing this on Instagram, like through her photos where you should go look, is Addison Ray. Her Instagram now is looking like it could be a post on Tumblr. And you know, Addison Ray is on the pulse of all trends. That's where the, that's who the kids are following, you guys. Like if you want to be a cool kid, you gotta see what Addison's doing. And Addison Ray is posting like she's a Tumblr girly. Are you going to look? Yeah, I'm looking right now. Okay, In- let me know what you think. So it's like, which by the way, this trend totally goes against what I said was in for 2024 is minimal makeup because the Tumblr girly is wearing like a lot of smudged eyeliner, like looking like she slept in it. Mm-hmm. But do you remember like the days where we would take a photo of like our Starbucks cup with our like gaudy nails and be like nail pick? Yeah. Like people on TikTok are saying that those types of photos are going to come back in and we're going to start taking like our stupid pictures like that again rather than being like so neat or like so beautiful they're going to look more messy but with elevated products instead of like instead of starbucks it'll be like blue bottle and um like chamberlain coffee and in like remember we all had those like eos lip balms those big circle eos chapsticks that were actually 
so bad practical like you where did you keep those at least for a guy practical doesn't fit in a pocket no bulges out of your mini bag like also chaps your lips more the new like eos but like everyone had to have one to be cool the new eos is going to be like summer fridays lip balm like road lip balm and taking photos of that you know like it's gonna just we're gonna kind of like revert back to it but with 2024s in products and in lifestyles I like that. I'm looking at, I, I don't get the Tumblr vibe that you're talking about. Maybe I just need to go back and look at her Tumblr New again. Year's post. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, yeah, see yeah, how yeah. it's just kind of like messy. She's like almost using like an Instagram filter. Like maybe mm-hmm. Instagram filters are going to come back, which I mean, I hope not, but they could. And you know, what, what goes around comes around. But do you see like with the with the like roses over her like that's so tumblr girl these disco balls yeah like the way everything's posed and taken like this photo of the roses in the bathtub mm-hmm. that's like a tumblr post that we would have reposted and been like oh we're so cool oh my god she's literally wearing a graphic tee remember when we used to cut up our graphic tees like cut that middle to like show our bras all i'm thinking about is mean girls when they all cut the circles out to show like around their nipples kind kind of kind of you know my thing i don't understand this is i don't know if it's because i've gotten more into this side of like social media but i don't understand why people hate on addison ray so much because they think whatever about her like she knows what she's doing like she's doing it better than anybody in the game whether you don't like i just i look at this and i'm like she knows what she's doing and she's Killing it, you know? They hate her because they ain't her. I'm going to act like you didn't say that out loud and keep going on my rant. Addison Ray is, I just, I don't know. I Like, I have no reason to dislike this person. Like, okay, is she a little cringy? Did she kind of like pop up and Dude, do all what's these dances? Cringe? And who's deciding who's cringe? Like, who decided what's cringe? I just, I don't know, Gen Z? Well, Calling people cringe is out. I'm I'm done with it. You know what's cringe? Saying that someone else is cringe. That's fucking cringe. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So that's anyway, my this I uh, I have I have respect for Addison Ray. She's killing it. Yeah, you have to. Girls support girls. Okay. Besides Addison Ray, um, did you watch the Golden Gloves this year? Of course. No. I well, you know what's funny is Golden Globes were on the brink of like being canceled. Like, weren't they like not even airing last year? They were like not even yes, gonna because air. No one watches. No, they're not part of like the holy like what is it? The four like Oscars, Grammys, um, yeah, like Tony Award. Yes, those like, are the those are the important ones. Emmys. And the G and EGOT does not stand for Golden Globes. No, but I don't know what it is, but so much good content came out of the Golden Globes this year. First of all, they had like, everybody showed up, which is kind of like random. They had a lot of good winners, a lot of history makers this year. And the pure entertainment that came out of the Golden Globes was great. And I actually watched parts of it and it was amazing. I have a conspiracy theory. Conspiracy, okay. Celebrities need award shows. They need them. Mm -hmm. That's how they get to show any type of significance to their careers and would once on the, and there's not that many, you know, like there's, yeah. yes, there's like 
lots of different award shows, but there's really not a lot of awards that you can win. And then it's like, okay, that award season's over and you have to wait again until next year to get um, recognized for your work. And if one got canceled, that like is detrimental to their egos and their significance of their success. So they were like, oh, shoot, this one's about to be canceled. We're bringing out the big guns. Taylor Swift is coming. We're putting in new categories. Like, we're going to film everyone in their intimate moments. They've never filmed celebrities having conversations like that before in their lifetimes. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting, like, intimate insider scoop into what these events actually look like with people having conversations. Like, we would have never gotten that moment between uh, Selena, Taylor, and Kylie Teller. If it wasn't for it almost being canceled. Absolutely. It's like their production team is now focusing less on like they kind of realize it's those little moments in between the awards that make the like viral content and the like it moments. It's like, yeah, we care about the awards or who won, but like I can go look at that list like afterwards online, but it's those moments in between that people love and, you know, turn into viral moments and it's great. Exactly. And the number one viral moment that everyone is reposting, everyone's making memes about, including us, go like them, go share them, please, is the Selena coming up to Taylor and whispering some hot, piping hot tea into her ear and the gasp heard around the world from Taylor. We like, we could all, first of all, Every girly has had this moment in their friend group. It's a sacred moment. And there's a sacred triangle of trust within that moment to be able to react. So I feel as though us seeing that this moment was a violation of their privacy and their sisterhood. However, we saw it. And I'm so grateful that we did because it was stunning piece of content to come out of a very boring Golden Globe show. And... I don't think that she was saying anything about Kylie and Timotei. Well, apparently there was a lip reader that they brought in as an expert who read Kylie or not read Kylie, read uh, Selena's lips. And apparently, mm-hmm. according to this, you know, this lip reader, she said, I quote, uh, he didn't want a picture with me. He said no. And then Sperry responded, um, uh, Timotei, question mark. And then Selena nodded yes. That is apparently what, you know, this expert said. Okay. Let's go along with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me paint the picture. You're we're painting the picture as Kylie Jenner, okay? Yep. We are doing our official Hollywood debut as a couple. She's attending like a work event with her boyfriend. It's their first time having like a full on like posing for photos together. They've Mm -hmm. never posed for a photo together before. And I just want to say back in 2023, I said, I think that their debut is going to be the Golden Globes, a red carpet or something, because he needs to stand out. He's not, it's not like a Willy Wonka premiere where he's obviously the star. It's like, oh, it's an award show and he needs to still like make headlines and he's going to bring Kylie and that's going to be their coming out, which it was just not on the red carpet. It it was their first official post photo together. So just wanted to call that out. Give myself a pat on the back. However, you're at a work event with your boyfriend. You're like the first time he's introducing you around. Like, this is my girlfriend. It's official. We're posing for photos together. And this girly who has beef with like, multiple of your sisters and your best, one of your best friends comes up 
and asks your boyfriend for a photo. Um, I wouldn't be ballsy enough to say no, but in my mind, it would be a test to Gonzo of like, are you going to fucking take a picture with her? If you do, we're going to fight about it later. If you don't, we're all good. And it has, we have to also understand, we have to like take into consideration, like maybe how Selena approached for a photo. If she just went up to Timothy and kind of ignored Kylie and asked him for a photo and then he could like read the room of like, oh, she's not being very like respectful or giving any attention to Kylie, who's literally right next to me, who already feels out of place. Like the Kardashians don't go to the Golden Globes, okay? But she's like already feeling out of place and she's like dismissing her and asking me for a photo and he politely declines. That is okay. If she's, but if Selena came up and said, can I have a photo with the two of you? And Kylie said no and Timothy said no. That could be a different discussion. Yeah. But if a girlie came up to my husband or my boyfriend, it's my first time out with him. We're at his work event and someone that he worked with years ago because everyone's trying to be like, well, Selena and Timothy had a movie together. That was like 100 years ago. And please name the movie, everyone. It was you like something know. rain. Nobody knows it was like, what that It was movie. like a rainy day in New York. It wasn't yeah. a big movie. It's not like it was like Edward and Bella. And these are two iconic characters that we all want to see take a photo together. It's not like Troy and Gabriella from High School Musical want to go take a photo together. And we would like die for that pop culture moment. No one would really care if Timothy and Selena took a photo together. We're not asking for it. So it's not like Kylie should have just like let it happen for the moment. There was no moment to be had. Like these were not like iconic characters that were put together that people are like dying to see with one another. And knowing the history, like why does Selena need a photo with him? Why doesn't she ask for a photo with like the both of them? This is why I kind of think like, first of all, like why do we give a shit what was and wasn't like, obviously it was a moment between her and her friends, like let the girlies gossip. Like you, we don't need let to let the here. girlies <laughs> gossip. That's, that's first thing. Second thing is like, why would she ask him for a photo? Like I don't. This would mean not. Even though this lip reader said this, I don't believe that's exactly or that's what actually well, happened. I don't know if you saw Selena did like post something. Face, I mean, that she yeah. was like, I was telling Taylor about two of my friends that hooked up, which yeah. it didn't look like that was a thing that you were saying. And then if you were saying that. Well, now I want to know what two friends. (laughs) And then there was like rumors that um, Martin Short and um, Meryl Streep were dating. And I'm like, maybe her two friends are Martin and Meryl because they were in Only Murders in the Building. And that would just be like a fun, a much more fun conspiracy gossip session than Kylie saying no to her and Timothy taking a photo. Absolutely. I, I love that way more i I don't know everybody first of all needs to leave selena alone because i feel like every time this girl like steps out something happens and a lot of it is like he's never gonna want to come to things no like leave let this girl be like i love that she posted at the end of the night like i won with her and benny like do you okay we've already been down this road i know you're not a big shipper for them i think they're fucking cute i think they're adorable oh my god you're not into it It's not that I'm not into it. I'm happy Uh if Selena's happy. Contrary to what you may believe, I love Selena Gomez. Like, OG style and spell from Wizards of Waverly Place, Selena Gomez. Like, love that. She has always been my favorite. And because of that, I have such high, high, high expectations for her because she's my girl and she deserves the world. And I just, like, don't know if I believe that Benny is the one for her. But 
I don't know, Benny. So I'm just not going to be, I'm not like so excited. And I just think like she's a beautiful diamond at the ball and he's like not. He has his appeal. Like you know, this is okay. These are all for all the short kings out there or the guys who aren't, you know, seven. Don't, don't or make it about being short kings. It's not about him being a short king. It's just about like his overall like public persona that he gives out doesn't necessarily match yeah. what I would expect or like desire Love. for my girl Selena. This is the same bullshit or this is the same thing of like Taylor dating what's his name from 1985 or whatever. Like look, he was 1975. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he was rough around the edges, borderline asshole and people were like people were all up in arms like Benny's a little rough. That's fine. By the way, I wouldn't put Benny and the racist Maddie Healy in the same column at all. And it's not that he's rough around the edges. It's that – have you watched any of his content? Yes. On I, I follow him on Instagram. He's fucking hilarious. He is funny. I just don't see how it matches with Selena. Maybe she and just needs a goofy guy. You're right. Maybe she does just need a goofy guy. Like maybe she's only dated guys that take themselves so seriously. And exactly. that I, I could see that that could be obnoxious. Um, But like where were they when they took that selfie photo? In a storage closet? In it their storage like unit afterwards? For sure. Yeah. But like why wouldn't they just like take it in a normal area? It looked like they were sneaking away in the storage closet to take mm -hmm. a selfie of them making out. It just was a little odd. thought it was cute. It was hot. I'm here for it. It was hot. I don't know that I would classify anything with Benny Blanco as hot. Literally, so Lindsay like, and I are in two different camps on this one. So. Yeah, like uh, my my party boat yacht is still at the dock. Like it hasn't set sea yet. Uh -huh. And it's going to remain at the dock for another like six months. I feel like party boy um, relationships last about six to eight months. So if they've – if and publicly, because I know that they were dating before we're seeing it now. But, like, if they publicly last for six to eight months, then I will switch over my party boat to, um, you know, a more, like, bachelor-style obnoxious yacht. And I will let it go around the marina. Well, I'll be waiting because I think they're going the distance. Okay, well, someone who I really do feel as though is has gone the distance and has proved to us that they are for sure a couple is Kylie and Timothy. The way that people have been freaking out, mind you, yes, I understand. We made those posts. They were great. Like, people are losing their shit about following or them having that, like, intimate moment on camera, which... It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I will ha I'll have to ask you this. Which one was better? The Golden Smooch? Or the Eras Tour Embrace. Oh, the Eras Tour Embrace. Which That's I not even a competition. For those of you who missed it, I called it the Golden Smooch because he played Willy Wonka and he hands out golden tickets. So it's the oh, Golden Smooch. I see what you did there. At the Golden I love Globes. that. You know, I'm just bringing it all together. <laughs> love that for us. Love that for us. However, nothing can beat the Eras Tour Embrace between Taylor okay. and Travis. But – and. I do want to point out that that kiss between them did look awkward between Kylie and Timothee, but 
And everyone's like, see, what was that kiss? That was stupid. Well, they're in a room full of like very prestigious celebrity couples. Like they're probably nervous. They know that there's cameras on them and they're doing a quick little smooch. And she's, you can tell she's nervous being in that environment. And I don't want to put any pressure on their kiss. She's, I feel like she's used to having her sisters around. She is. And like she was there solo. And like you said, they don't really go to the Golden Globes. I don't necessarily think it was like awkward kiss. It was like a very quick little peck. But like, yeah, people are using that to say, oh, see, this is fake. They're not even really into each other. I think the way he looked at her is the way that I looked at Jackie on August 19th, 2012. Oh, for those the receipts, the receipts, the receipts. I'm going to ask Gonzo what day he first laid his eyes on me when he liked me. I'm sure Gonzo remembers. I don't remember. I remember what Jackie was wearing. I remember what I was wearing. What were you wearing? I was wearing, and now it's like so embarrassing that I was wearing this. (laughs) I was wearing like ripped jeans, like dark denim ripped jeans. It was all LF, by the way, because I was working at LF at the time and I had just gotten off my shift. Of course. And Gonzo came to LMU. And I was wearing ripped, like not skinny, but straight jeans. But they were kind of skinny and um, a black T-shirt and – or no, like a black tank top thing that had like that mesh triangle right mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? Yeah. They were like all the rage. All the LF girlies had them and wore them. And then I was wearing like this red and blue like plaid long sleeve sheer kimono thing. Oh, kimonos. Oh, my God. And like a shit ton of jewelry and a shit ton of bracelets. <laughs> And my hair was like this, because this is the one hairstyle I've known how to do since high school. And I probably had like mascara smudged and ankle booties on. Let us just have a moment of silence for kimonos and the grip they had on society. I hope kimonos aren't coming back. I hope that's not part of the 2024 resurgence of 2014. I hope kimonos are left out. I left them out of my trend specifically because I don't think we need to resurrect those from the dead. They kind of go into the same category as like Flojos. Oh my. (laughs) Everybody had kimonos. (laughs) And if you didn't have like the coolest kimono, you were nothing. Uh, is, is the, the, like our obsession with kimonos, is that like cultural appropriation? Because the word kimonos and that all came from like Japanese culture. And like, we just remember when, shit. remember when Kim tried to make a company called kimono and everyone ripped her to shreds and then she changed it to skims. Oh, that and was we all, we all acted like part. we weren't, we weren't wearing kimonos. We were like, <laughs> we, Kim, we're shame on receipts, you. People. Shame on you for trying to name your brand kimono but all of the kimonos in my closet that were made by free people and And nordstrom rack and h&m aren't culturally appropriating anyone we have such high horses that we all sit on sometimes oh my god like i said you guys were coming for heads this year so nobody is safe well we all came for joy joe coy's head because he totally bombed the golden globes which was upsetting because i liked him unpopular opinion i will say this he was doing good up until the Barbie comment, like he kind of introed very well. He had like little jabs at people, which was kind of funny with like Oppenheimer. But I'm sorry. I know what he was trying to get across with Barbie, but I think because of the message that Barbie had and to make that kind of joke, 
it was just like totally like you clearly missed the whole point of Barbie of, you know, over sexualizing women until to make a booby joke. It was just like and he and was never going to recover. He was never going to recover. And then for him to like go on and be like any joke that they did laugh at him, be like, oh, well, I wrote that one. Yeah. Was so obnoxious and unnecessary. Yeah, and yeah. let me tell you, like, I love Joe Coy. I think yeah, he's so funny. That is hilarious. Um, the Hawaiians love Joe Coy. Like, he sells out every show that he plays here. Yeah. And I was really excited for him. But this was, was such a bomb in so many ways. And the joke that he made to Taylor just wasn't funny. I don't. We don't need to debate about okay. it. It genuinely wasn't funny. I don't. I don't. You know, I think- could tell you a funnier joke right now about Taylor. I don't think it was necessarily not funny, but I also don't understand why people are like, so like it was like the NFL right now does take a lot of shots of Taylor Swift, like during the games. And so like, I thought it was a relevant joke. I didn't think it was funny, but I don't think he should get it. Here's how he could have said it. He could have said, unlike the NFL, the camera pans to Taylor tonight aren't going to, aren't going to upset the Brads and Chads. Then she would have laughed and the Swifties would have laughed with her. Or he could have said, um, Taylor Swift is like now the main girly of the NFL. We were always wanting her to go to the Super Bowl, but we just wanted her to go in a different capacity. That would be the number one Super Bowl where all the fans would be dressed up in sparkly dresses. You know, like there's so many other things that he could have said that would have been way funnier that would have had her and the Swifties in on the joke. I think when you talk about Taylor Swift, especially when you're trying to make fun of her, there's a way to do it respectfully where like everyone's in on the joke of it being like all the Swifties would have been like, ha ha, that's funny to hear those two things. And I saw one of those on TikTok and one of them I just thought of like within 30 seconds. Like it's just not that hard. And that was just like such a cheap joke to make and not something that's in Taylor's control. Like she has said multiple times, I don't control how many times the NFL pans to me. That's not my problem. But still (laughs) people are holding it over her head. And it's just like, it's a joke. It was a cheap joke to make. And it really wasn't funny. I, I, I think first of all, this, the, to the Academy, that was Lindsay's audition for hosting in a few years. Oh my God. I would be a great host. (laughs) I, I, I would make everyone laugh. You made a good point. Like that was a very kind of like low blow and something that she doesn't have control over. And people have made jokes and digs at Taylor Swift during award shows before, but it's kind of like she playful and she loves like everybody talks about her dancing at the Grammys. And now it's like a thing to look at Taylor, quote unquote, dancing off beat, which, by the way, like I find it very hard to believe that somebody who does these big choreographed numbers um in her shows really dances off beat i feel like now they caught her one time dancing off beat and now she like plays into it that's just my conspiracy theory i don't know that she dances off beat i think she's just like a goofy dancer unless yeah. it's choreographed and like she can take direction really well but she can't like improv dance Freestyle well maybe that's it yeah it's hard for me to believe that like a professional singer and performer gets caught that awkwardly dancing so much you know Totally, totally. But it makes her human and it makes us all love her even more. She's a relatable queen. And I would have, I, first of all, I would have loved for my friend at an award show to come tell me some tea like that. And I would have had the same expression. And I would not have laughed at that joke either. And by the way, it wasn't just Taylor that didn't laugh at the joke. The whole audience did not laugh at the joke. It was awkward. So to be like, Taylor didn't think it was funny. It should really read, no one thought this was funny. No, nobody did. 
And also, we all we made a thousand headlines about how Taylor didn't know how to take a joke, blah, blah, blah. But we saw Harrison Ford rolling his eyes. We saw a lot of other male actors not laughing and not taking their jokes when they made a joke about Oppenheimer. But that's not a headline. Oh, yeah. They made a joke. Uh, yeah, he made a joke about Oppenheimer and it um, went to Robert Downey Jr. and um, the director, um, Christopher Nolan. And yeah, they didn't think his jokes about Oppenheimer are funny at all. But that so. wasn't a headline because no one no one cares. But everyone cares about Taylor Swift and she's a hot button topic. So she's an easy person to make a headline. That was the only I mean, I feel like the awkward moments weren't just limited to. Joe Coy and his very bad monologue. He also he came out afterwards now and is defending himself, um, which I don't think was the right. He has to. Yeah, Uh, he has to kind of. Actually, you're right. He should have just come to Hawaii and laid low. Yeah, he should have just like kind of let it disappear. But like now he's like defending himself. I'm like, dude, you're just making it way worse. Um. So anyway, some of the other awkward moments that happen outside of the award show. So Jennifer Lo- uh, Lopez awkwardly gets asked um, whether Ben Affleck marriage will last on the Golden Globes red carpet. So essentially, this like this is like very small, but I just was like, what the hell? Like this interviewer went up to her and was like, um, when you say you know, you know, other times when you didn't know, like, how do you know this time is the time? Essentially saying like, oh, you've been married before. How are you so sure this time you're marrying Ben is the right time? First of all, that is an insulting question to ask. Second of all, like, you don't ask these men who have been married, like, eight times that fucking question. Like, it was... Or have multiple baby mamas. Multiple, like, it was such an out-of-pocket question. But I will say, she did answer gracefully. So, uh, Jennifer Lawrence said something to the line of, like, I think you always go in it with the best of intentions every single time that you need to leap, leap into anything. I do anyway... Now, not just personal life, but in professional life, too. So she pretty much says, like, hey, like, I, you know, I went into these thinking they were it. Like, you don't know ahead of time or in the moment. So I think she answered gracefully. I would have been pissed if somebody asked me that. Like, what the, like. Yeah. You have to be really well media trained because it really is the interviewer's job to make a viral moment. And sometimes that means being controversial or being a little bit um, offensive uh, yeah. to get that viral clip to make your interview stand out so that you can secure a job at the next red carpet. Someone who's extremely well media trained is Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She has been everywhere this past week. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've seen 18 different interview formats of Gypsy Rose this week yeah. because of her new Lifetime movie that's coming out. Would you say that she's media trained? Because I also get a hint of like awkwardness just like because of the fact that she has been isolated for most of her life at this point. But it's like endearing. It's not like like cringe. Have you watched any of her interviews? Yeah, I watched the one with one of the girls from The Morning Toast. And like she seemed kind of like natural. Well, that but was there's really, like, yeah. There's like a hint of like kind of awkward, like like what you would see um, like a new starlet, you know, on their first red carpet kind of interviewing, like, you know, like they're confident, well, but this is their first time live. I was really impressed by all of her interviews, mostly because she was a victim of, um, whatchamacallit, Munchausen's. By proxy. Very yeah. much isolated you know, and then went to prison. So her whole life, she's never been in a normal social setting circumstance. And to see how well-spoken and 
self-aware and clear she was with mm-hmm. all of her answers to all of the questions that were thrown at her. I actually just watched before we started her um, podcast interview with Nick Vial and mm-hmm. Natalie. And she's so well-spoken and she actually has like a very good head on her shoulders. It seems like she really did do a lot of self-work while in prison. She said in multiple interviews that prison was the best thing that could have happened to her because it gave her like a little space between the like hell that she was living in to Mm -hmm. being thrown into the real world. And she learned a lot in prison. She learned how to make a community in prison. She learned how to like learn and understand social cues in prison. And she was like very well-spoken and very mature for, for what she's been through and what I was expecting. So I was pleasantly surprised by that. I will. You, I, you brought up a good point because one thing that I've heard her say in multiple interviews is she's very much aware of what she did and her part in it, and she's not trying to sugarcoat it at all. And she handles all the questions surrounding, you know, the murder and everything very gracefully. I will have to say, yeah. she's just like you know, like somebody asked her about um, her boyfriend at the time, the one who actually committed the act. And I just was very impressed by her response to the question was like, you know, you know, he did had his part. I had my part. I, you know, I served my time. He's serving his. And, you know, I hope he finds peace. And it was like, damn, girl, like that was a very good response. Well I think, thought out. Well that thought out. That seems media trained. Yeah. Well, th- and but also I think that in our minds, we think of Gypsy Rose as like this little girl because of she was kind of unfortunately because of her situation was kind of frozen in time at a certain age. And so now that, you know, she's been out of the spotlight for eight years, eight or nine years, and she's coming out like a woman, everybody's like, Whoa, wait a minute. I still picture you like almost like she was typecasted as like this little frail person. And now she's trying to break out of that role and do something a little bit more adult. I mean, she did something very adult with her little comment back to the haters of, and that D is fire. Wait a minute. In regards to her husband. The fact like that, first of all, you're a queen for saying that and coming to your man's defense like that. Like, leave him alone. First of all, this guy was a teacher. Like, he did not like, you know, he's not media trained, obviously. And (laughs) the fact that like she came out and was like, they're just jealous because the D you give me every night is fire. I was like, girl. Let them know. That's right. I said it. Let (laughs) them know. That was bold. I, damn. And you know what? I'm so happy for her that her man's D is fire. You know, it's the least of what she deserves. And you know what? Gypsy girl, get yours. I love that for you. Go ahead. I was also loving her interview with Turdy Lou from The Toast, yeah. the iconic Claudia Oshray got a interview, like quick little interview with her. And she got to ask her, um, you know, and she asked it in such a creative way because she was like, how do you get these men to ride for you? Because she could have said, how do you get these men to like ride or die for you? Because yeah. quite literally she got a man to do that, um, <laughs> to kill for her. And like, how do you get these men to ride for you? Like, what's your advice to the single women out there? And she literally answered, just be a queen and let that man be your king. That also great answer. Little dark great with the answer. origin of the question. But like, if you want to be honest, yeah, like, but another guy married her in prison. Like, she's she had an, another boyfriend in prison before this man that she married as well. Meanwhile, like girlies, 
Gypsy Rose got married while being in prison. Like, take her relationship advice. Just be the queen and let him be your king, girly. Oh, man. That be was a great question. the queen. <laughs> it was great. She also asked her. So we found out that Gypsy Rose is a huge Swifty. Of course, what girly isn't? And um, Turdy Lou asked her what um, era she's in. And we were all expecting her to say, oh, she's in her reputation era. Like mm -hmm. we were all waiting for that. That's the answer we wanted. But she said midnights. So we're like, oh, okay, midnights, sure. And then furthermore, she goes, what's your favorite song? And Gypsy just, she gave it right back to us. She said, Karma. Karma is my boyfriend. Karma quite literally is her boyfriend. That was, I feel like, how did she come? Like that had to have been like a thought out. Cause that was too she perfect. Said, like the Karma is my boyfriend and like Karma is the, like, well thought out media train it's karma as i'm saying karma is literally the epitome of like her answers that she's been giving i did my time he needs to do his time um i'm taking responsibility for my actions i've i've put in my time for what i did for my part they're putting in their time for their part yeah. um being self-aware and you know just taking that furthermore into her freedom karma love that for you gypsy I think, like, between Gypsy Rose, like, I feel like Gypsy Rose is, like, owned January. And I think that between Gypsy Rose, this Selena, you know, Taylor Swift moment, and then Cat <laughs> Williams and his bullshit, like, those three oh. owning January across the board. Owning. Okay, I listened to part one and part two of this Club Shay Shay Cat whoa, Williams. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You listened to the whole thing out of the whole three hour long rant it was like four hours and i sure did holy shit damn girl. and let me tell you i i was lost majority of the time like i had to pause and converse with gonzo to be like what is he talking about and um you have very clearly outlined it for us here so i'm gonna let you take the reins here because even though i listened i am still unsure as what i listened to I think, you know, just to give like a general summary, essentially Cat Williams came for a lot of black Hollywood, namely a lot of the men. His overarching theme is that he didn't go get to go as far because he was blacklisted and he didn't do certain things that other like black Hollywood artists have done. That's the general overarching thing. He had a lot of conspiracy theories, the same ones that everybody's been hearing about sacrifices and, you know, doing sexual acts for parts and, you know, those kind of things and um, having relationships with other men. So he was coming for heads. And I have a few notable moments that I think were just like, what the flying hell? And this is not me yeah. confirming or thinking that any of these are true because I'm not going to lie. Cat Williams says some questionable shit and I'll get into that. So anyway, yeah. Um, first one was if you've seen Friday After Next, you there's like an iconic scene where uh, Damon, the big buff dude from like the Old Spice commercials back in the day, he we comes should clarify Friday After Next is part of the franchise Friday, Friday yeah. next Friday, and then there's Friday After Next. I mean, I thought that was implied. Sorry, I needed that clarification from Gonzo. That's okay. I'm so anyway, that, it for the girlies. There's a there's a scene where Damon comes in and tries to take advantage of him because Damon just got out of prison. He's obsessed with Cat Williams' character, Money Mike, and my, or Cat Williams states that originally in the script that that scene he was supposed to come in and um, have his way with him. I don't want to necessarily say that. So yeah. he said that he went back to the producers like, I don't think that's funny. That's not something to be messed around with. And like 
that sounds like a noble thing to say. But then uh, Ice Cube came back and said that was never in the script. Like, did he ad lib a little bit and add some je ne sais quoi to the character and things like absolutely. But like there was never that kind of like, you know, sexual taking advantage scene meant for it. I don't know if you did you watch. Have you seen that scene before? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've seen this movie. Uh, It's one of the funniest. Like, I remember the scene like very vividly, like. He like is like being like um like handled on the floor and he grabs a set of like pliers and like grabs a dude's balls and like yes. walks him outside and then the, like the famous yes. line was like he's like yo party yo pliers his nuts yo hands and he tries <laughs> to like run off but then like he lets him go like it's a great movie and I I think Cat Williams played the character of Money Mike perfectly but yeah he said that then he also said another character in the movie uh, Ricky Smiley played the Santa Claus in the in the movie. And apparently he said Ricky Smiley originally went for the movie or uh, the part of Money Mike, but Cat Williams got it over him because what? Okay, clarification. Ricky Smiley went on Club Shay Shay's podcast prior to Cat Williams coming on. And this is actually the reason Cat Williams wanted to come onto the podcast is Ricky Smiley went on to Cat on Club Shay Shay and was like, yep. Oh, I was supposed to play Money Mike and Cat Williams was originally casted as Santa Claus, but then we switched characters and whatever. And, and that rubbed Cat Williams the wrong way. He was like, that never happened. I was always yeah. supposed to play Money Mike, and he was always supposed to play Santa Claus. So that was yeah. his original reasoning for coming on to the oh podcast was to refute that claim. I see. I didn't even know that part. So <laughs> so we have Ricky Smiley thing for this rant. Thank you. Um, dude, so – I, uh, so yeah, so, um, he said that about Ricky Smiley and he said he was so annoyed that like after that, he put in all his contracts that Ricky Smiley has to wear a dress whenever he plays with him. And like, how come he has that, that power to do so? And first he doesn't, that's the thing is he really does it. So he's, he made all those comments about Friday movies. Um, he made some uh, like backward comment about Ludacris joining the Illuminati. And then like Ludacris responded with like a freestyle rap. Uh, he even came for Kevin Hart saying that like all the movies Kevin was in, they came to me for those roles first and I just didn't want to do them or I couldn't do them because I wouldn't do the things that they wanted me to do. Like, I'm yeah. just like, just to like give you a sense of context of the random shit that came out of his mouth. At one point in the interview, he claimed that he read 3000 books a year as a child and he ran a 4.3 second 40 yard dash to give you reference Tariq Hill, which is a professional football player. Barely runs a four two nine. So the fact that <clears throat> not bad. The fact that little Cat Williams thinks he can run a four point three second forty yard dash is complete bullshit. He is delusional bullshit. as shit. Like he came you know for Cedric the Entertainer. He came for Steve Harvey. He came for oh, Chris he Tucker. Came so hard for Steve Harvey. Oh, he was like saying he's a country bumpkin. I'm like, so this is my thing of like the same line of like women tearing down other women in um and like the hollywood and stuff like that like black men should not be trying to tear down another black man like we got it hard enough as it is cat wins we did not need this don't get me wrong it provided a lot of fucking entertainment for us but like this was not necessary even if some of these things are true like let this shit stay in the closet you know like we didn't need to know all this shit. yeah yeah i agree it was entertaining i was confused 99 percent of the time and he is such a character. He he's needs like a hell. reality show. You know, he adopted seven children. Yeah, he's he's an odd dude, just to let you know. Another fun fact, um, Jackie and I's one of Jackie and I's first dates was to a Cat Williams comedy show in Bakersfield. 
Jackie does not remember that day fondly because I don't know if you've heard Cat Williams comedy. It is very vulgar. Um, no. So imagine me taking Jackie to a very vulgar comedy show for one of our first dates. Not one of my finer. She was moments. like, "Who is this? Who is this man that I'm on a date with?" She was very confused. Um, luckily, she stuck around and you know <laughs> didn't hold that against me. But yeah, thank God. Yeah, thank, thank God. God. So anyway, well, Cat Williams out of pocket. Out of pocket. Interesting character. Interesting man. You guys don't need to listen to the podcast. I did, and those were the main points. Okay. Yeah, I is like Cat Williams. Instead of writing a letter to Santa Claus about his wishes, he decided to take like the Arya Stark approach and write a list of people he was coming for. And he came for every single one. White Walkers are dead. He killed everybody. Done. He wrote, he, he wrote his list. He checked it twice. He let us know who's naughty and nice. <laughs> All right. Saltburn came out on streaming on HBO. Did you watch it? I did watch it. I want to, first of all, thank whoever had the power at B to put it on streaming so fast. Because I feel like it just yeah. came out in theaters. It I feel took like me by the surprise. pipeline from theater to streaming has decreased exponentially. Like, Absolutely. Because it's, there's no part in the, the waiting between theaters and streaming. Like, they're lose, essentially losing money. So, it makes sense for it to go straight yep. to streaming. Especially and everyone's watching hype. it. Yep. Everybody's watching it. I have been telling people left and right, go watch that movie. If you have talked to me in the last three weeks, I probably sound a little crazy because I'm like, have you seen Saltburn? Do you have Amazon Prime? Go watch Saltburn. Don't watch yes. it with your mom and dad, but go watch Saltburn. Everyone watch Saltburn and only watch it with people that you're comfortable watching very sexual, weird scenes with. Not Yeah, very awkward. I, I sent Lindsay. They, of course, made a drink based off of the bathtub scene, which I thought is absolutely hilarious they use like a coconut cream around the edge oh, of the rim the bathtub scene was like one of the hardest things for me to watch what was our, what was the most television. difficult scene for you like what would you the, the period thing the period scene number one that was weird he's like well good thing i'm a vampire i was like bro no 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 they literally okay and like spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert if you have not watched saltburn or good grief, like just fast forward the next like five minutes. Yeah. But we're on Saltburn right now. He goes to hook up with um, Jacob Elordi's sister. Yep. And she's on her period. She's like, I'm on my period. And he's like, no worries. And then they just like make out with period blood all over their face. It was one of the most disturbing things. Like it, it made me like physically ill. The fact that he like, like reached his hands down and then like put it on no. her lips. No. Like, bruh. No. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. I was not prepared. And I, and I was in a movie theater watching this. So I'm, like, looking around to everyone. Like, does everyone else see what's going on? Like, how are we all not throwing up in our seats next to each other? Like, it was way too much. That was the scene that was way too much for me. The bathtub scene was, like, crin like cringy in the sense that it, like, made me a little bit nauseous. But it wasn't yeah. that bad. But, like, the period scene made me want to become physically ill where yeah. i had to like legit just like look away or i was gonna throw up yeah and then obviously like so okay in there's three really creepy scenes i would say the bathtub mm -hmm. scene the period scene and when he fucks the grave yeah. and in order of like most to least disturbing i would say yeah. 
Period scene, most disturbing. Yep. Bathtub scene, second. Grave, third. I'd have to agree with that. I, the grave scene didn't bother me that much. Yeah, a lot of girlies are saying, like, if that was my only way to fuck Jacob Elordi, like, here we go. That is wrong in so many ways, ladies. Um, and they should all go to confession. They all, that's not okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jacob Lordy is a very good looking specimen, but put your lady boners away and get your shit together. No, I saw like a 50-50 split of like, that was hot or like, that was disturbing. And I'm disturbed that anyone thought that like, oh, that was hot. That's and a- if you were, if you're in that camp of like, that was hot, please Please just like explain to me. Maybe I'm being a prude. Maybe yeah. I'm being weird. I need to understand because I'm not understanding how that was hot. I also don't understand how the bathtub scene was hot. A lot of people are also saying that they thought the bathtub scene was hot. Yeah. I I don't see that being hot either. But what about we're the, all in unanimous decision that the period scene was not hot. Disgusting. Uh, what about the period – or period. The murder on the dance floor scene, the very last scene – Oh, well, that's the best scene of the whole movie. And that song is now like in my head 24-7 because of that scene. Were you prepared for the twist at the end? I knew. I knew. I started to get a feeling that he was behind all of this shit and he was lying pretty, not early on. I was not prepared for like the final scene of like he was talking to the mother and he played that super long game to wait for the dad to die. And he like ended up putting her on life support and all that stuff. Like, I think that was a beautiful twist in the whole story that's what hooked me and i was like that was great and that was very well done. okay so a lot of a lot of brits are coming out and saying like maybe why americans are understanding the movie as much is because like the english society is very yeah. set up from birth and then like for someone of his stature to like you can't we can't hop classes like we can in america you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. you yeah. can be born in america poor and then become a billionaire jeffrey yep. bezos you know like there's opportunity to do that but in in england it's like your society it's like society rules and you're born into specific family and you don't just like jump into it like a royal anything so they were showing like the lengths that someone would go to like hop classes within the british society and that was a good food for thought that i didn't think of because i was like why is he being so serious about like this what this castle like who cares he has a loving family but i now i understand that more and i wasn't prepared i knew that jacob alordi's character died because um I'm a baby and I look up who dies before I watch a movie. Mm -hmm. And I only saw that uh, Jacob was going to die, but I was not prepared for him to kill the sister like that. Was very unprepared for that. Supposedly that's a, that's like a running theory. Like, do you think he killed the sister or do you think he left those there and let her do it to herself? He did it. We saw him do it. No, you didn't. He left the blades there, but then just uh, the, it didn't show her or him killing her. So the theory is that maybe because he like talked about missing the brother and she was already in this depressive state and all that. And they said that like, um, maybe there's a kind of chance that she did it to herself, you know, just an idea. Even if, even if she was the one to like physically do it, he was the one he handed her the loaded gun. Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't disagree. Yeah. So I wasn't prepared for those deaths. So that was a little alarming to me. Um, but that maze. So cool. Those parties. I want, uh, first of all, I want that outfit he had, that jacket, that white blazer with like the green accent and the antlers. (gasps) No, I need Gonzo to be like his Halloween costume has to be like Jacob Elordi when he dies, like the jeans with the, just the white angel wings. Hot. No, no, no. 
I'm calling this right now. You know how last year we said there were going to be a bunch of Barbie and kids. I'm calling this right now. There's going to be a lot of either Jacob Elordi's costume or um, Ollie's costume. Yeah, his costume. I'm calling that. I might do that. Holy shit. Yeah, it's really good. And it was it was a hot way to die, Jacob. It was a hot way to die. It was a great movie. I, I loved it all around. Great movie. I highly recommend going to see it. It kind of speaks to like, because uh, now like he, Barry Key, what is it? How do you say his name? Barry Keoghan. He's Irish. You know, he's like, you know, he's having his moment. He just had a GQ spread and all that. And you know, he's rumored to be dating Sabrina Carpenter. I did not they've know been that. Seen, they've been seen on a few dinner dates, which mm-hmm. I really ship that couple. I like that. But it's like, it goes into like, here we are um, kind of fantasizing and romanticizing a, a guy who uh, plays a murderer. Because like they kind of related it back to Zac Efron playing Jeffrey Dahmer and I forgot that yeah. other guy. Um, like he was a murderer on this and people are obsessed with him now. Yeah, we're all a little sick in the head. Yeah, I agree. So highly recommend. 10 out um, of 10. 10 out of 10. I did need a few weeks to recover, but great film. Great film. Um, another great film, Good Grief on Netflix. We both watched it this weekend. Thoughts? First of all, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Good Grief, fast forward. You should watch it right now, though. G- genuinely, watch it tonight. Um, so good. I love Dan Levy. Like, I love him. I want to be his best friend. And I I loved his character that he played. I loved all the characters in the movie, mm-hmm. actually. I think everyone was very well suited for their part. Everything made sense. It felt natural. It felt organic. Nothing felt pushed. And let me just say, the whole premise of the movie is that Dan, Dan Levy's character's husband dies tragically in a car accident. Suddenly, we see him. We see him die at the Christmas party. But right before he leaves, he hands Dan, Le- Dan Levy uh, a, um, a letter, which letter. I didn't even notice. You didn't? I was like I immediately like, what's in the – I knew because I knew that the prem- what the premise was. So I was like, yeah. it's in that letter. And then we yeah, come to find no out that Dan's character hasn't opened the letter yet. And it's like almost a year later. He finally mm-hmm. opens the letter and it says, hey, by the way, I met someone else. Yep. I want to explore that. We'll talk about it when I get home. First of all, what? I, the, that was the other bomb that they dropped was the fact that they went into an open relationship or that Dan Levy's character agreed to that, but he felt no. pressured to do so. When they, when he was saying bye to him, mm-hmm. He said, why don't you sleep with that guy? And he was like, I'd rather sleep with you. Did you catch See, that? I didn't notice that. Didn't catch that either. And he was like trying to like move him on to someone else. And he was like, I'd yeah, rather yeah. sleep with you. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so I knew that they were already in an open marriage. And like, yes, he said that he felt pressure too because he wanted to keep that relationship. And let me just say, if Gonzo suddenly died and then I found opened a letter that he wrote me and it was him leaving me. My world would be shattered. And then if I were to find out that th- we owned a pied-a-tay, however I say it, in Paris, and I didn't know about it, I'd be like, fuck all you bitches. I'm moving to Paris. You would live in I'm it? I'm becoming 100%. I'd be like, fuck you. You thought this was going to be your little love nest? It's mine now, bitch. And I would oh redecorate God. to my liking. And I would I'm spend dark. all of his money. And I would cry every day genuinely cry every day but so i find 
the girl that he was leaving me for and I would become the much better, hotter, more successful version of whoever she is. And I would literally need to be put into a mental institution because I would lose all of my own personality and like become this other, try to win this other person. And that's how my, that's how I would deal with it mentally. Lindsay, I'm really worried. This whole episode, you've gone to a very dark place and I'm slightly concerned. It's, it's, it's my hormones, you guys. It's my hormones. My hormones oh my are God, raging. Oh my God, it's been so much. I don't know how to respond to that statement. Um, I watched it this with Jackie. This is what feels to be a woman. <laughs> and she couldn't, she wanted, she didn't want to finish it because she was like, you know, her worst nightmare is, you know, something like that happening. It is. It is your worst nightmare. Yeah. But I implore, I implored her, like, you should actually watch it. The character development's really good. I love the best friends. And like, you kind of knew immediately that the one guy best friend was still obsessed with him. And yeah, you could he, tell. He is confessional on the Ferris wheel about he's never feeling good enough and being chosen. I'm just like, oh. Like, it was just so, so sad. sad. And I loved the Frenchman. The Frenchman that he met, the artist guy, oh. he needed to, like, he was so perfect. He was just, like, what he needed at that time. He wasn't too much. To take him to the art thing and show no, to him. Take, to take him to the Louvre in the middle of the night and have a private showing of the Claude Monet exhibit. Oh. Marry me now. Who cares about my dead husband that was going to leave me anyways? <laughs> like, I want to be treated a French that man. way. Like, oh, my God. Um, no, he was beautiful, stunning, and smart. Yeah. And I'm happy for him. And I did like how it all ended, tied up at the beginning, at the end. Also, I do want to ask you a question. Hmm. I noticed that his when his friends were like giving him tough love of like, open that letter. Like, oh yeah. my God. Like, you just need to get over it or you need to get through it. But like, we're not going to sit around and like hold your hand about this letter anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Actually, is that the sign of a true friend? Someone that doesn't allow you to like wallow in yourself or would a better friend be like oh you're gonna open it tonight like yeah take your space do this like i'm i'll stay here with you if you want like i'll check in on you later but these friends were like okay like we've given you the soft love like here's the tough love we gotta move on now you know like we gotta take a next step i'm gonna give you the most switzerland answer and say it depends on the friend that is in that situation because I would say like, you know, for the friend who like Dan Levy's character, who's like kind of like, woe is me, a lot of self-pity and all that, like he might need a little tough love. Or then you might have the friend who like kind of tends to push their emotions to the side and ignore everything, might need someone to tell them like, hey, take a moment, like feel this and then, you know, do your thing. Yeah. But what if they were feeling that moment for a long, long time and they weren't moving forward? Yeah, that's true. I don't know what I would do. What would you do in that situation? Like, would you be those friends or would you like coddle him and, you know? I think there's a there's a coddle period. Mm-hmm. And that's like three months, four months. Why is it there a certain months. time? Um, because, because there's a point where like you're not – when you're being – when you're the friend that's being coddled, mm-hmm. it's, you're also not – showing up for the like everyone else's lives are still moving or still going are still like needing your friendship and your support and like when you're staying in the coddle period for too long you're kind of like not stepping up to 
your other friendships of what they may be needing as well. You know, like I yeah. think there's like there's there's not an equal balance in the coddle period and it's a lot of your friends giving to you. It's like the energy givers versus takers or whatever. Like when you're in your That's coddle so period true. and rightfully so, yeah. you're an energy taker for that yeah. amount of time. And but you like, can't be that forever because then that's just draining that to everybody. Absolutely. It's draining to everyone around you. And in order for you to like keep your friendships and to keep your friendships strong, there needs to be like a transition point where you're able mm -hmm. to give back a little bit of your energy yeah. to them. And I think that's what happened towards the end of the movie is they realized like he had been this energy suck for so long. Yeah. And his, the guy was like, you know what? I need space from you altogether. And yeah, yeah I, that's hundred percent. Like you can't just be an energy sucker. Like, like I've that had, was too long. I've had friends like that and I've had to be like, you know what? I, I need this. I just, I need to step away from you. Like you literally are sucking. Like, especially if there's no changes being made. Yeah, you're literally like, you know, the vampire, like, like Keegan in, in Saltburn, your vampire just sucking oh, the life out of me. Totally. You're Edward. You're Edward. You, never, you don't want to be Edward for too long. No. You have to become Jacob at some point. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Got to give away. Um, so, anyway, those are our movie recommendations. Those are our movie recommendations. Last but not least, we do just need to talk about how, going back to Selena and Benny, they attended a Lakers game and his feet were out. Time and out. it really was gross. First, first of all, when people say his feet were out, like when you say that, I'm thinking he took off his sneakers, slid his socks off, and was like picking at his toes. The guy had on Boston clogs. And he yeah. literally, what everybody does when they have on clogs, they're underneath. You kind of slide your feet out and kind of like come up onto your toes. Everybody fucking does that. Like, I'm doing it right now in my clogs. Yeah, but Everybody you're in the comfort of your own back. home. Get off his back. Like, he, it wasn't like he had his toes up in the air and had his legs crossed. Like, everybody needs to chill. This does not yeah, need to be something we freak he's out He's being about. photographed, and we can see his crusty toes. No, you and mm. I think when you're in the honeymoon phase, as Selena is, she's like, no big deal. They're my lover's toes. And then there gets to be a point where you're you're comfortable. And then she's like, put your toes away. Like people are watching. Leave my mans alone. Wow, you're really writing hard for Benny. I'm not even writing hard. I'm just writing hard for dudes who want to wear clogs out in public. Like, Have you personally taken your feet out in public like that? I've literally done that before. Like when you're out, you've done that before in your clogs. When you're just sitting there with your feet crossed. And you kind of just slide under your feet a out table, a bit. under a table, but not front row at a Lakers game. Okay, I, you know what, I will say yes, maybe not front row at a Lakers game, but the way the story read was just like he had his feet in his toe, like he was picking the lint from between his toes. Like, no, it kind of felt like it. Dramatic, but they were cute at the game. They were cute, so, adorable, absolutely adorable. Love that for them. Love that for them. All right, Justin, lead us out. Wow. You know what's funny, guys, is we actually decided that we're going to, you know, shorten our stories to not as many. And here I was thinking our episode is going to be much shorter than normal because of that. Not the case. No. Never the case. Never the case. It's actually anyway, longer. It's actually, I was going to say it's actually longer than most. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to Perspectives of a Pop Culture with myself and my stunning co-host, Lindsay. If you identify as a pop star or any of your friends identify as a pop star, please share us. If you like to sip coffee but love spilling the tea, like us, follow us on Instagram, send it to your friends. We much appreciate it. 
Other than that, thank you guys so much for watching. Love you guys. And until next time, see you. Love ya. Bye.